Welcome to another episode of Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. I am Greek from the island of Lesbos. I am the writer of three books on female sexuality, Satyricon, F32 and F32 The Second Coming. I have been a staff writer on sex, female sexuality in particular at Spin Magazine for years, wrote the Sex Files column for Gear Magazine for the life of the magazine. Um, So I have been for the past 20 years a sex expert and uh, I'm also multimedia artist with female sexuality as my main theme. Um, And I'm a feminist, a post-feminist, so I'm doing this podcast as a field research for ways to liberate, name, uh, make conscious female sexuality, uh, and by doing that, change the world. (laughs) 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 Uh, Today's guest is Kathy Kisik. She's a fellow artist um, with a long and established career showing in galleries um, in the US, Canada, and around the world. and she is here as a private citizen. <laughs> yes, I am. As a creative female. Exactly. To share with us um, what she has learned in her sexual journey about being um, a sex maker, taker, giver. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> um, I am wondering uh, if you can give us a little, you know, o- overview of your sexual emergence um, from mm, teenage until now, and how it has changed what you have learned both about your own body and your own sexuality, but also about how to access sex, how to you know present yourself to men um, and you know how to deal with all the rules and and definitions that you know we grow up with and so many double standards right that's been the hardest part the double standards drive me crazy yep um well interestingly I think this cannot be a normal story I'll run it by you I wasn't sure if I'm going to share this but it has to be said so growing up, I used to play nun, just to set the real early backstage. That was like the first thing. That was what I would play. While everybody was playing princess, I was bride of Jesus, crawling around on my knees with a rosary on my neck and a hood. Well, I went away with my girlfriends when we were, I think, 17, and we went to the beach one day. And I remember saying to them, they were all like, oh, Kathy, you know, let's go in the water. Let's go for a swim. And I said, I can't. You know, it's my it's my female time. And they said, yes. So? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't have anything in. Like, what's going to happen? And they, and they said, well, I, oh, I see. I said, you know, I have to go to the bathroom as well. And I have something in. That was the story. And they said, but so what? You know, so what if you have something, if you've got female protection and you have to pee? Like, that, both of those things can work out. And I had never 
realized that where you peed from was not your vagina Hmm. because I had never looked and I was so mad. I went home that day and I said to my mother, I cannot, and my mother was a registered nurse. I cannot believe that you never told me. And you know, because I, I grew up, you're not supposed to look down there. You're not supposed to touch yourself. Like it was never spoken about. And so I never did, which, um, yeah, and then and then for that, so until I was 17, if I had my period, I did not go to the bathroom. Wow. So I was really, really angry with my mother about that. But that sets, like, the stage of what I came from, which is not even so you, you being connected you with felt that your urethra was bleeding. I just thought it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I don't know what, what I even thought the visual in my head was. But I had yeah, never touched visual, myself. Right. I had never even looked. And that's just staggering to me to be so disconnected, right? That you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what parents do to you, like <laughs> having them around in the house. <laughs> My God, right? So, uh, yeah. So I, I think I, I, and then and then I lost my virginity also when I was seventeen, almost eighteen. So I came from a really, um, I, I want to say I was uptight, like. I, w- I wasn't, um, I was uptight. And who did you lose your virginity to? Oh, lose being an interesting word. Here. Actually, I f- and I felt like I gave it away because I wanted to get rid of it. But <laughs> <laughs> so interesting, the disconnect. Yeah, I, I did want to get rid of it. Um, I gave it to my boyfriend at the time who was five years older than I was, which was mm-hmm. kind of strange, too. Like that's It was a weird dynamic, and it was a very, very unhealthy relationship. It was my first relationship, and, um, you know, I'd grown up and hadn't, didn't have a very healthy role model in my parents because they weren't ideally matched, as many people weren't in that age group. That generation of people, you know, you married the first person you knew, like in high school, and they were high school sweethearts. And I mean, it's very unlikely that you're going to grow at the same rate and you're lucky if you grow together, but most often you grow apart. And then, yeah. and then, you know, there's no out for women now. There was really no out for women back then. You know, if you had a kid with someone I, to try to even get divorced and just not end up in the streets, I think um, was almost impossible. Yeah. So there's so there's a lot of that relationship. So you you uh, that was my model. That's what I'm saying. That was my relationship model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And try to protect yourself from getting pregnant as long as you can. That was the relationship model too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pregnancy was like death because no, and my then you'd have to like be you know marry the man and be the servant to the man. Because well, he knocked you up. I mean, that's what I understood. Not that it was ever discussed. Oh, right. But I See, felt, but oh, my God, right. I had sex. Oh, my God, if I get pregnant, I'll be, like, controlled, taken over, you know, possessed by the devil. Well, you know, oddly, I never thought that. But in time, now, I now think that. <laughs> I, I never thought that, but I've come to realize that, you know what, that's exactly what it is for most people. Like, that's a that's the bargain you're signing, which... yeah is awful because it's been fed into our culture and it's been fed into the female mind that that's the best that we can aspire to. And sometimes I wonder why, like, why? What is it that men have been so afraid of that they've had to 
put this fear upon us because they're physically stronger than us. So obviously they're afraid of our mental capabilities and our other capabilities. So they've been trying to keep us down this whole time because when I figure out what what is going on and how can we change well, it? Men have been afraid of not knowing who their offspring is. First of all, period. That mm -hmm. simple. We can have sex. We are built physically in a way that we're going to lie in the jungle with a man, then he falls asleep. While we're coming, we're shouting and screaming, and the nearest man hears that there is a woman in heat, and he comes, and while the previous one is sleeping, after he has come, the next one comes in, in us also. We're screaming, and then he passes out, then the next one comes, right. etc. And in some way, we can keep this up, um, in that high, that creative adrenaline high, until either physically we're exhausted or we have been impregnated. That's that's the biological model. Well, I, I understand. <laughs> that's who we are built to be. But what happens is that the man, in order to have any control of society, he needs most of all to control his offspring. Who is he? So in this model that I presented in the oh, jungle, right, okay. we don't know who the father is. Right. She just has a baby. The baby stays within the women folk. So, but so what I'm hearing though is it, it's it's all about their ego and their power. Like th that still is what it boils down to. They're afraid of losing. Well, I don't know if it's. I think it's much more. Well, you know. Mm, primitive than that. But I mean, if it's of primitive, it's about, are we evolving? That's what I'm saying. Are, are women more mentally evolved then? Because there comes a certain point where you have to tell your body what it's doing and override it. Like we have to be living consciously and not just mm -hmm. riding off the code of the DNA. That, that's right. That's what evolution is. Like, and when Well, the DNA was, has shifted because we've had patriarchy for so long that all of our cultural habits have trumped our natural, you know, predisposition. Um, but we do have DNA testing finally. And that is amazing because it can reassure men, right, as we know, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they can have a DNA test and find out who the father of this child is. This is like brand new. No, no, this I, is this generation. Okay, but like I understand that and I think, I think that's great, but I think that the problem is so much... Um, deeper in the consciousness than yeah of course yeah that um i'm so tired of just <laughs> appeasing the men and their ego oh big deal so they can know who the, their baby is like oh it's just so tiring coddling to them and trying to create things for them you know i, 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 I yes. want the i want it to change i want it to be I think women have always been so much stronger and, and needed to, and that there's a real fear in them about that. I honestly do. I think it's like the burning of the witches. I think that there's a mm -hmm. power that yes. is innate in women. And once technology is on our side and we really don't need them financially anymore, it's going to force them to have to evolve and as we know, women, because we've been evolving all along because we've had to, and just because we've been moving faster than the men, that's just the nature of gender and 
the feminine, that is the nature if you, in the hermetic principles of gender. So the men are going to have to catch up and do the hard work. And I think that's what they're scared of. It's going to be really uncomfortable for them. And why don't they go in? Because their gender is male. They go out. That is the, that's the, the way their energy flows. So it's, it is going to be uncomfortable for them to have to pull that back in and look at it. Whereas women, we, we are receptacles. We are open. That is our gender. So it's been much easier um, because we've been doing it throughout, collecting, taking in. Mm-hmm. And now we need to turn out. Now we need to, we, and we are, we, because we've been learning how to do it all along. We've been learning how to nurture our, our masculine principle. And with that comes less of a need for men. <laughs> I hate to say it, but, you know, as we become fully realized as people, um, and, and that should be what everybody is on a journey and on this planet to do, because then we can really create something wonderful together when the masculine principle is fully realized and the feminine principle and when it's all mixed up together and blended and when those two things can come together in combination and uh, ex- exact equilibrium. Can you imagine the, what, the beauty of this planet? No. Like, and that's where we're headed and that's where we have to keep our mind on. <laughs> that's Yeah. I agree, of course. That's where we have to keep our mind on and our focus on. And, and yeah, it's going to be difficult. Our manifesting women, power. <laughs> we, women, we're gaining it now. Like, feel it, feel the power. Like, it is. It's the shift. Let's hope so. I believe it. I mm. really do. Because mm. if anything, we're, we're outbreeding them. There's more women than men, and we're going to be in more <laughs> positions of power. That's true. And all we're going to do, we're gonna, we know the nonsense. We know the bullshit, you know? We all know it because we've all lived it. So that's that's my dream anyway. Yeah, mine too. But sister. I mean, on another note, you know, when I was in school, I remember they they told us at the very beginning, men, male artists at the museum school in Boston, which was a great school, they said male artists make 28% more. So you might want to think about that when you develop your signature. So from... I decided I was going to sign all my artwork K. Kissick, um, just based on that. And uh, it worked and it served me well because many people thought, I, especially looking at the artwork, which is was largely architectural and exteriors, which generally tend to be a male topic, interestingly enough, people would think I was a man. And I'd get approached for shows even for that from other countries. Um, which was interesting, and they'd always be surprised it was a female, but then they couldn't rescind based on that. So, okay, let's talk about sex. Tension. Yeah, let's talk about sex. Oh, so, uh, oh, so yeah, so so then I told you, we were back to okay. How did I lose my virginity? I lost my virginity to this guy. I gave it to him because I was tired of being. Um, I think I was like the last virgin of all my friends. <laughs> You know, the last virgin. Yes, <laughs> a good title. The last virgin, and uh, it was in the bell tower of a church. Mm, so lovely. That, that was that's kind very of very appropriate. A, it's kind of classic, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, it sucked. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it sucked. It sucked for me. It sucked for me for years, I think. And then it got good, and it's. So for how long would you say? How many years before before you started to figure out how to get pleasure and how to find Uh, orgasm? Well, probably took me 
three years to figure out that the clitoris exists. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And then um five years after five years I was having really good sex. You know, like then there was no stopping me. I was in art school. I was having like great sex. And that was because so how did that discovery <laughs> happen? It just by partner by partner as you changed to a next partner, yeah. you were able to do something uh, well, new because or extra. Or... I think I think because of that age group is all about exploring, and plus, if you're in art school, you're mm-hmm. really about exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those two things together led to a real quick, just why not type of attitude. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, and and I was so mortified, you know, that I. The, of the first 17 years like I knew that I needed some real work and I had to play have some real catch up here right so I think that's kind of how that happened mm-hmm. but um, yeah okay so you went through art school and in the process of getting your degree you also got to know your body much better oh much better yeah art school <laughs> you can thank art school um, for that You can thank art school for that, right? Down to all the new posing, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The yeah. new posing has been very liberating. And the younger you get <laughs> exposed <laughs> to it, the better. Oh, my God, I know. Now with all the selfies, it's like a people are going to be totally over it, I think. But the selfies are so curated and edited. And I, I thought that what was liberating about the nude posing is that there were all kinds of bodies. The penis was never hard. No. And Never. when you're at that age, I don't, I didn't, I hadn't seen limp, soft, <laughs> dick. I just hadn't. Because, you know, if you're like 16, 17, the right. only occasion or 18, the only occasion where you'll see the penis is when it's hard for you, you and it comes so. out. Yeah. You would hope so. <laughs> so to me, it was very liberating and educational just to see the, the nude model of all different ages, body shapes, you know, yeah. and place, modes of rest and, you know. And we, we usually had like really questionable body types in there because yeah, yeah. it's people who needed money. Right. So it's like people who were just going to go buy a six yeah. pack right after yeah. they put their yeah. clothes on. Yeah. We had that and we also had my sister, which was, is very interesting, who decided that of all the art schools in Boston, she was going to pose nude at mine. Wow. And that was hard. weird. Yeah. People thought we were the same person. And I was trying to make an identity for myself. And everybody would say, oh, I drew you today. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that is that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it's healthy if you can switch back and forth. But it's, you know, a lot to ask someone so young. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. I felt that I, I wish that everyone would get access to that because kind of uh, help, helped cure the the voyeurism associated with like the naked, exposed, yeah, prone body. it really body. does. It does. Because um, the body being so quiet and open is very fuckable and it's posing, but those bodies are not at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You know, the pornographic model. <laughs> it's true. And, 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 but it allows you to kind of work through your curiosity, yeah, you know? Yeah, it And does. It's I, I loved it. it. 
It's a safe way, you're right. Yeah, it's a way to learn to, to acquire fluency with the human body without actually having to sleep with all of these bodies or, you know, and I wish we had more of it, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a nudist, but I can see how being naked around the house in front of the children or being naked as often as possible without shame is extremely helpful yeah, for both thing. genders. The shame thing is right. ludicrous. And especially helpful for the young ones, you know, the, the toddlers, so that they they don't associate the body with something that, that you know, is embarrassing or has to be hidden. I know. It's awful what we do to them in that way, yeah. you know? We just tell them no we all ju- the time. I oh, And just shut it down. And it's like it just crushes their little soul to put to be putting that on them. Yeah. I know that there's anything unnatural or ugly about the body that needs to be covered at any time or that there is anything that they could even do to their body that, exactly. that would be considered like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, God, what would change if the, if the shame imagine? went away? You but know? our whole educational approach is to say no. That's how you teach them. Oh, you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that. Oh, no. There is no positive reinforcement except when they repress themselves and then you're like right. oh good girl good boy for... oh, i can't even go back there <laughs> you're so right such well... a brutal way to raise you know uh, our children whom we love more than ourselves well and it's <laughs> cultural too you know yeah, we're trying to protect them from this like nasty patriarchal culture but we shouldn't right. Well, we should be changing this nasty exactly. patriarchal culture exactly. rather than trying to modify humans to right. fit within it. Right. Like, yeah, Limit we've got them. the complete, we should completely be just letting them be the little beauties yes. they are and yes. changing the world yes. for them. Yes. I know mm-hmm. we've got it backwards, but you mm-hmm. know what? We're turning it around. I'm telling you. Women, okay. Women are taking, I'm with you. I do. I believe <laughs> that. I know. I know so many strong women from around the world that finally are getting to positions where they can call the shots. And I just think, God, in 10 more years, forget it. Let's hope so. 10 more years is super fast, super soon. Yeah, men are going to have to evolve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think that one of the <laughs> messages that I, you know, I try to pass and that mm-hmm. we need to pass, one of the messages that we need to pass is to kind of separate sex and money, transaction, not, you know, not have sex in exchange for something it doesn't have to be money but it's the transaction yeah. not to have sex in exchange for anything shelter or you know anything drink or a movie or exactly yeah if we women could separate you know free our sexuality from, from that. that and just have it for its own sake for its experience because we need it the way guys need it period that would also be transformative. That would be very transformative. I'm with you working on that one. Okay, so uh, we'll be back for more conversation with Cassie, with Kathy Kisik. Um, thank you for listening, and I'll see you Friday.
Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Eve Eurydice. I am uh, uh, Greek from the island of Lesbos. I'm the writer of three books on female sexuality, um, the writer of the Sex Files column and sex investigative pieces at Spin Magazine, Gear Magazine, uh, an artist who has worked exclusively on issues of female sexuality and specifically the dichotomy between our bodies and our minds, our souls and our hormones, and how to bridge it, how to live a sexually unified life. And that's what this podcast is dedicated to. My guest today is Kathy Kissick. She's an artist and wise woman. And we are talking about liberating female sexuality from both the transaction involved in it uh, as well as the silence attached to it. So how do we as women have sex without wanting anything in exchange, including someone's loyalty. It could be as basic as that. I will have sex with you if you're true to me and don't look at another female because then I will no longer have sex with you. It could be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be even the dinner or the movie or, you know, the trip or uh, the the more specifically transactional thing. It doesn't have to be the marriage. Right. I wonder wonder how loyalty would fare if the trans if the physical transactional needs were removed you know would we still feel such a need does that need to arise control the other. right does that need arise out of a sense of survival really for the for a person you know rather than possessing the other person and not wanting them with another i know in the past i've had a relationship where I didn't actually care if he slept around. I mean, I didn't want to know about it, but I didn't want him to miss out on life's experiences because of a guilt that would be felt towards me. That's really how I felt in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know. So it was an open relationship. Just don't tell me. I w- don't speak. Don't, don't y- tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I... I continued that on actually with a another boyfriend because that worked so well and for me that felt like true love you know not stifling their experiences that to me letting them really just be who they are is is love mhm yes yeah some people are better at it than others some people do it successfully and then no longer can take it. Or well, my ego didn't want to know, and I didn't want it to impact me in any way. Right, yeah. Um, I and want, and yeah. I always wanted to be the first choice, but if they were living their life and in the... the Moment. Mo- yeah, something came up, I didn't want them to right. not do something that they felt inclined to do because yeah. of me. Yes. So, in a sense, emotional loyalty, but not necessarily I guess respect. I guess loyalty. Um, yeah, I never thought of it as loyalty. I just thought of it as respect, like mm-hmm. a, just a respect of. But I guess in a way that is, that's contractual. There, you know. Yeah. Um, well, there, there has to be a contract, and and there is nothing wrong with a contract so long as you have the words to negotiate it clearly, so both 
you know, both partners right. understand because sometimes we kind of well, no, beat and around the bush and we don't say it exactly. No, and I got to say, it wasn't said exactly in the first one. And that's why the second relationship, it was said clearly because I realized right. what had fallen short and that you, you really do have to spell out the parameters of that. You know, and that had all come up for me because I had gotten really ill and was facing death's door and had to miss a lot of opportunities and thought about my partner and thought, I don't want them missing out on life because I'm sick. You know, that's not that's not how I want it to be. Like when when you really look in, when you do soul searching. So that's how I came to that even place, which nice. Yeah. And then the next time, having experienced it, you understood it better. I understood that it was and actually... verbalized it better. Yeah. I spelt it clear. And my partner was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Did you guys live together? I- yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how we long did. did that relationship last? Oh, it lasted seven years. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, and In the end, it was just friendship. You know, it dissipated yeah. to friendship, but mm-hmm. yeah, but it was, yeah, it was fun. It, it was it, fun friendship. So. Um, and I know that you had a relationship with someone who was committed or was married. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing, too. Right. Mm. And, you know, lately I've wondered about that, too, because. I just don't think, you know, it, I, I was in that relationship and it was okay. Well, I thought it was okay because his wife knew. And that made me feel like, okay, all parties are on board. But I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. Like, maybe it's just best to stay out of people's business. <laughs> I'm not sure. But then, it, and then I get confused and I think, but what separates that from what I was doing when I had a boyfriend, but it was open. Like, you know, it's so hard to know what somebody else's setup is, yet you don't want to be the source of pain in someone else's life. Exactly. And so that's like, I'm not sure and you can't how to balance your actions. Your they partner to tell you the truth, unfortunately. Well, they can only tell you their truth. But they would like things to be. And their truth isn't their partner's truth. Right. You know, and... and it's not your truth. It's just a version of the truth. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be very favorable to them. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they live with it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so. And they, they want you and they want to keep their marriage. But so on the other they end, will massage like, I don't the think truth. people, you know, I don't even know what I think of marriage like at this point anymore. Yeah. How outdated it is and how lo- how old we now live to be with our mm-hmm. partner. Like, that's insane to think mm-hmm. of people married for 60 years with one partner. Mm-hmm. Wow. You've got to really be lucky and grow together for that to work. Yeah. Well, it, it was easier for our parents' generation because they didn't have alternatives, didn't think they had alternatives, definitely. The women. Right, right. But uh, in our generation, the divorce rate shows exactly that, that more and more couples, once the kids are out of the house, uh, divorce, even at great financial cost. And imagine if there was no financial penalty, I, would, I think that that would be like 90% at, at the current moment. 
of marriages would naturally dissolve after the children go well, to you college. Know, you've heard that, that, I think it was a comedian that came up with it who was saying that marriages should be like licenses, you know, and they're good for like seven years and then you have to renew it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Right? Mm-hmm. I That's think perfect. so too. Because the only reason to get married anymore is to have, to protect the children um, in all kinds of ways, but foremost financially and share the responsibility. Um, once the children are out of the house and they've gone to college, yeah, I think it should expire. Everybody gets their life back, their name back. <laughs> and you knowing that, a, they would plan it for it. at 18. Yeah, but they would... All marriages you know, people would, Like uh, <laughs> husbands and wives, so to speak, which I, I would hope we would change those terms because they're disgusting. Too weighed um, with other... Meanings. Yeah, what, what words could we have instead? <laughs> well, I've, I, I, I didn't like the, the word wife at all and the word husband at all. I've never been able to use it. I think of husbandry, <laughs> you know? That's what I think of with husband. Husbandry, yeah. I haven't been able to use either because it just feels to I, I feel the cage shut in, uh, it's in my face. It's kind of just partners. Like, really, for me, that would be what it would be about. Yeah. My, a partner. My family partner or yeah. my... Um, my life know, right now partner. No, my, li- <laughs> my life right now partner. Yeah. I like co-parent because, I mean... I, if you have a kid. If you have a kid. Well, that's so the only reason cat. to get married <laughs> is to have a, a kid. Dog I would them. not get married if you don't have a kid. It's uh, It makes no sense, you know, to kind of, like, bind yourself right. legally. Um well, unfortunately, it does in the terms of healthcare in America. You know, they yeah. still make that a reason to get. Well, tied you into can it. pay for your own fucking healthcare. Just no. go on Obamacare and pay the money instead of marrying someone because his company pays for the spouse. Well, h- healthcare—it's an absurd reason. The same as 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 uh, getting the green card. It should not be well, how we get. Yeah, right, I think it's absurd, system. but it's a perk. The system is for is pushing yeah, women that's what to it give is. up their rights and their freedoms in exchange for those things. Yep, exactly. Which is why you don't like the term wife. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I grew up with only wife models. I didn't see an unmarried woman around me, you know, my whole childhood is my... My mom, my aunt, my grandma, my grand aunt, and every friend of my mom or my aunt or whoever, they were all wives. And they were all saddled at all times with these men. They were never without the man. Even when they would get together for coffee. Can you imagine how oppressive that would be? uh, You know, extremely rarely they would meet without the man because we would always gather with the husbands extremely rarely they would meet for coffee because um, while the men worked, they had to do all kinds of stuff, so they were always running around. But when they rarely met for coffee, the men were so present in the room. They would come to my mom, and, and I, I remember them in the kitchen, and she would read their uh, coffee grinds or their tea leaves, and I felt those husbands right there yoking them, like sitting on their shoulders. Wow. What do you think they're so scared of? No, they were owned. It oh, wasn't no. even scared. Oh, right. They didn't even have another... Right. They they didn't even have enough respect to it didn't have a, to a feeling them for them. That right. They, they were an object. They were... Those men God. were there listening in. Yuck. Even when they were not present. Now, 
Oh, I see what you're saying. They got their I entire identity, from self-worth them. Mm-hmm. from them. They were passed on. I mean, my mom went from her father's house to my dad's house. Right. Her parents chose her husband. And then my dad, who claimed that we made decisions as a family, had the veto power. So he was <laughs> the tyrant. <laughs> yes. I love the, the family decisions with him having veto the power. The veto power. And so from one <laughs> That's a male if owner I ever heard it. to the next yeah. male owner with whom she still is. And, you know, she will be until he dies. Yep. So this is her, the span of her life. A woman from Lesbos, a lesbian woman, never, no, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> a lesbian from Lesbos. So sad. So to me, that's a form of slavery. It's a social, yeah, socio-political, financial, Well, I guess that's legal. what we're talking about, what, that we're trying to break free of, right? Right. Ultimately, when we really, you know, sexual slavery. Because that's the commodity that we're paying with. That's the commodity. Because that's what the commodity that the, that they're the demanding, commodity. that they've yeah. been demanding, and yeah. you marry them, you have to give them the sex. Exhausting. Done. Not even under discussion. They are the husbands. They get the sex oh. whenever they want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you said you had some questions. What a co- social contract? Um, well, I still have more questions of you. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> So what have you discovered about the female sexuality, your body? What does your body love the most? And um, Oh, wow. I've discovered that you can have a double, a clitoral orgasm as well as, a, I guess, a vaginal orgasm. That was my newest discovery not long ago. I won't send any shout-outs out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so how, how does that work? Well, <laughs> I think I, I... Do you remember I, me telling you about it? I was so amazed. It It's just... I guess you have your clit stimulated at the same time you're having intercourse. And, I mean, I'm very... I've always been multi-orgasmic anyway. So... Uh, that there might be some luck to it and some genetic component. I'm not sure, but oh my, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. And for me now, that's the holy grail, you know. And w- it was a happy accident, right? Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know it was coming. I, I certainly didn't know. No pun coming. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah. So that's that's really something that really blew my mind, and I have to say. That's a good positive thing. Let's yeah. hope there's more things like that out there <laughs> for me to find. Um, uh, and what about have you? Do you have multiple orgasms, anal and clitoral, or um, is there any other combination that you've experienced? Or well, when you say multiple, you mean one after that? Oh, I mean one after one after another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. No, I haven't had any other doubles like that. Two at once. I didn't even know that there were like two ways you could. I had no. Yeah. Said to, the girl to, who to didn't make know. it simultaneous. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you knew, but it's yeah, a challenge yeah, but I didn't, to make it happen at once. But I, yeah, but I didn't. I couldn't even begin to imagine what that would feel like. How to that's get maybe in what it is at once. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I do have a lot of uh, listeners who ask me about oral sex about you know men um giving women oral sex oh, about really? um 
how it can be done, you know, best. How do you train your men to do it? How do you well, how do ask you train for them, or, right? Or, you know, make sure from the beginning that, they that know. this is done so you're not during just every sexual. Their head down there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and and then uh, you know, I'm not is so there a way to that, prep I them? Is there a way to prep them? I mean, these are all, the, are these my questions that I sent in? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, you know, I mean, women out there now, at last, know that there is a cornucopia of, you know, female pleasure, that there are right. many ways to be pleasured. Right. And that if they are stuck, especially with one man, and in particular, if that man is the husband right. or the long-term boyfriend, then they're not going to experience all these other adventurous ways. They don't necessarily want to go on the dating apps and try all kinds of guys and, you know, eat with these guys. And, and they just want to find how they come better and, you know, mm. what they haven't yet, you know, the, the vein of pleasure that they haven't hit upon or they right. haven't, and you know, enhanced and... and you know, like get to the gold. Aren't there any YouTube videos on this? You'd think um, there would be. Well, you know, don't you? I've watched the YouTube videos, and again, it's all, it's all talk. Oh, um, you're kidding! Like, there's yeah. no just like video. Like, this is how oh, yeah, you do on the, it on the porn sites. Yeah, but the video. porn sites, and I don't mean like, I don't mean a porn video. I mean like a real video of like this is really how you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how it works. Like well, a, but you're a very orgasmic woman. You yeah, just told us. So, how there has to be how there has to how be, does every woman get to to that? I think um, you need clitoral stimulation. Like for me, that that's what always pushes it over the edge. Of during the sex, yeah, but also in between sex on your own mm. to kind of teach your body. Would you say? Because I think like masturbation is uh, very helpful. Um, you know, for women to find how everything works and then take that information yeah, into the sex. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I've found, obviously, because I was late into the game, I found it's worked the opposite way with me. Like, I've found things that I like in sex that I then translate to masturbating. Right. <laughs> Rather than the other way, you know? Mm-hmm. So... But masturbate with a dildo or just right. digitally? Oh, with a with both. Both, yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and just new ways to use them that I didn't know I was mm -hmm. into, that mm -hmm. I didn't explore first, but that I found right. out during sex, like, worked. But I think that one of the ways that has enabled you to kind of have a better relationship mm -hmm. with sex is that your game, right? That you... That you're someone who says yes to experience and yes to adventure instead of like responding from a place of fear or, you know, climbing up or. I am definitely a yes girl. Yeah. And I mean, I remember hearing the story of Yoko Ono's yes piece and how mm. John Lennon wanted to marry after he saw that. And I. I Tell us the story. It, well, you know, I, I I believe the story was that he went to one of her exhibitions and there was a ladder and you would climb up the ladder and at the top of the ladder, there was a little magnifying glass hang that you would look through and it just said the word yes. <laughs> 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 Which is so, so beautiful and poetic and the way that life should be approached. I mean, 
when you choose from a place of fear, you've already put yourself in a hell. So we're, you know, of course, <laughs> it's going to be a harder journey starting from there. But if you choose from a place of yes, like you're, you're going to have experiences and, and be able to learn from them, even mm-hmm. the bad ones, even the ones that almost kill you. You're oh, go- she's not talking about sex. Oh, about feelings. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Back to sex, though. I mean, because it all it all ties in. Why would we keep going if not for sex, right? Mm-hmm. But do you think that because of your illness or your your brush with death, you were able to liberate yourself from this idea, this worry of like, what will people say? You know, do I fit in? Which is really where a lot of these fe- mental fears. Yeah, you come know what? From. And that's what it all is. And that's exactly why I I decided I I had already tested the waters and recognized that a lot of things I'd been told were wrong, <laughs> and I thought I got to just take the boat myself and not care right. what yes. anybody because I need to have my own experiences. Everybody needs to have their own experiences. Right, and, and life might be short. And you don't know what happens tomorrow, and just try to say yes to, you know, experience. As I long know. as it's safe and consensual. And I stress that, right? Like in the in the day of where we're just so willing to watch other people's experiences, we need to remind ourselves to have them, to have connection and interaction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and not be stuck to the screen, which is poisonous. It is poisonous and intoxicating. Yeah, you can and it get takes it all out out of reality into yeah um, into just making yeah. believe entertainment um, avatars, but away from the five senses. So try to come back to your senses as much as possible, right? I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, especially in this time of like digital consciousness and and big tech taking over. I, I feel that we need. Touch base with our senses. I mean, I'd many much, times a day. Yeah, I'd much rather like a physical body than a screen any day. Yeah, me too. Even a massage over just watching something on a screen a million times more more fun and more pleasurable. It doesn't have to be sexual, just so long as it involves the sensual, oh, sensual experience, experience right? right? Yeah, I mean, you could be like. Right. As long as you are taking in the information. When you don't want to exchange sexual energy with another and you're experimenting by yourself, you can still have sensual immersion. Sure. Yeah. Be felt, um, be touched. This is very interesting. My mother said to me, when I told her I was going to do the podcast, she doesn't know what it is, but I just knew it would make her nervous, so I told her. Um, she said, are you going to be yourself? You know, like, <laughs> right. And I thought... <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. That's, so, that's so odd that I would be anyone else, right? And uh, yes, I could be. But wow, that's like such a nod to her generation that I can't be open and be myself. That there's a problem mm-hmm. if if I am me and there's... Well, your future husband may listen in <laughs> <laughs> and not propose. <laughs> or like, I may oh, get 20 coffee. proposals. Just exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, what is she worried about if not? Yeah, yeah you know, it's just like social judgment. And I mean, you're self-employed, so it's not your boss. So no. it's got to be the future husband. Yeah. <laughs> the, your prospects. <laughs> My prospects. <laughs> the guy. Out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the eligible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's what it all comes down to, you know. And she probably doesn't even recognize it. You yeah, know what no, I mean? Because like, it's just you, so. It's hard to recognize it's so beaten into her subconscious. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Well, that's why. For speaking of like, how do we answer this uh, question of so many women of of finding more pleasure, better ways for pleasure, different ways of orgasm? Or, um, well, one example is that there is no female Viagra. There is no money given to oh, research right. for But that's female because women are in positions of power because where they're funding it. Once right. we get into those positions, we can start funding that stuff. It's all been male heads. That's why all the medicines geared for the men. Like that's why I say things are changing and shifting. They better be changing. And all the women out there, sisters and all the female yeah. folk. Please join us in this effort to choose female in our work, in our practice, right? In, choose to make in it a priority. Consumption. You know how like we used to like, no, I, I went through some years where I would not buy anything Chinese or I would, you know, I did not buy, mm. I still did not buy anything organic. Imagine if we did something where we, we would just only buy women, women companies, women products, you know, girl boss stuff, you know, the yeah, wing. I think that, that that is the way to usher it in and move it along faster. Just bond together and stay strong. Those of us who have access to our own money and there should be more and more of us. We just encourage woman-only work. I think so. That would be already the beginning of a of a social movement that would transform things. Yeah. Well, I'm game. I'm in. Count me, me too. In. If me I can, too. If I can find it. <laughs> we should organize that. Yeah. I, I really like that. And that is how it will change and how it will shift. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I was... The New York Times had an article recently about how, you know, Consumer Technology Innovation Award was revoked from a company run by a woman oh, that makes that. The, the, the sex toy that's a hands-free hands sex toy for women. I saw that because I wanted to buy She it. lost her finance. <laughs> I know, and I couldn't I find know. it. First, the articles came with like the pretty photo of this little blue yeah. semi-curve. And I couldn't believe it. doesn't even look like any, it doesn't look like a dildo. It looks completely non-threatening. Right, then. it doesn't look like a sex right. toy, period. Right. It's like a little semi, you know, uh, s- yeah. semi-circular circumference. A type right. thing. Yeah. Um, so, it Apparently, the, it was deemed immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, and oh not God. in keeping with like this award have co- they been to system the or the image of. <laughs> I mean, they haven't. No, that's exactly what this it looks is. Looks like it could be an incense anything burner to do or an atomizer. It does. It does. <laughs> I know. But um, anything to do with sexuality is, is dirty and unwanted, and especially when it's geared toward women's sexuality. Yeah, you know. So that's something else we as women you know, have to do is like go against that whole, you know, shift, shift this um, censorship and make it, it is censorship. inclusive. It totally is censorship. 
God. Same thing with like the X-ratings of movies. I mean, you have movies with the most horrific skin crawling violence, you know, heads decapitated, body parts flying off, just like, the, you know, stuff that gets to your psyche and gives you nightmares and, and stays with you for so long. And if you have the nipple, forget the labia. If you have the nipple or, of course, the labia, that's it. The movie gets like the... And I think men should have to wear nobody can watch it. Men should have to cover their nipples. <laughs> right. Right. Well, no, we should be able to show our nipples. No, or kidding. men we, should cover they theirs. They have to cover right. their nipples. Right. Come on. Yeah. And and the same thing, like, why is it so shocking, especially with the female genitals, which don't show? I mean, unless you right. sit there in like a, a penthouse shot and you open your legs wide, which what's the occasion? You know, if I mean, within the story <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but like in the narrative of a movie, right. a naked woman is not going to just sit there and expose Unless it's like for unless sexual video, reason. Unless it's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a rap video. Or, or, or like naked <laughs> yoga. I don't know. <laughs> but that's again, you know, that double standard, the violence, which pleases, of course, the man. And it's all about the masculine is is shown no problem. So don't you think Any like once we're like in a female position, skin? once we're all in, the, in these positions to call the shots that will stop with the double standards, don't you think... That, uh, yes, that? I do. I do. I do. Good. Okay. Because, you know, that's what I'm counting on. To quote Tinkerbell in Peter Pan, I do <laughs> believe in fairies. I do. I do. <laughs> no, actually, to, to revive Tinkerbell, right? Because that like, was the women, women are very reasonable. You know, men aren't. But women are very reasonable and want things to be, want the world to be better and want everybody's children taken care of. We well, just we're want not, that. We're more naturally empathetic because we raise the young. So we are built to feel for the other a little more. Right. And not 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 completely. I mean there are a lot of narcissistic and 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 you know um unreasonable women and, and right. I just mean driven on, on by a like whole. drama who feed of drama. But that's because they have completely embraced the male stereotype role. And you know, if they Take a moment and yeah, that's true. You know, find their own truth. They're not going to be like that, but they need to stop. No, we all just need to be able mm-hmm. to cultivate a whole self. Yeah, and an open, open space for. And for I am concerned, like truth. when I hear about how many women don't have orgasms, like that freaks me out. Yeah. Especially if somebody multi-orgasmic. Like, what are you talking about? But that's the vast majority, and we're talking about the vast majority of contemporary 21st century Western women. We're not even touching on the question of what's happening in the Arab world, which is, you know, billions of people, the China, uh, India, if that's the vast, Africa, that's like the vast majority of humanity and those women we have no access to, but odds are they are not coming. They are, <laughs> I'd say odds are very strong. I have zero words yep. about sex. Right, right. I would, yeah. I bet you you're right. Um, they're, they're still chattel. They're still bought and exchanged with the dowry. They're kept in the house. They're under the burqa. They're completely ugh. owned by the by by the dudes. Because what? Why? Because I he bet has you the if penis. they have orgasms, they can't even show it. You know what I mean? Or 
I, yeah, well, I don't know if the, I mean, th- I think that's the least of the <laughs> problems. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Very first world problem I'm discussing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just trying to like not get, you know, beaten up or right. uh, have the acid thrown on them or, you know, God. burned on but the fire. But here we are, here we are talking about them having orgasms and that like at the same time. Yeah. It's all control. Mm-hmm. It's always been control. Mm-hmm. But we have not forgotten about them. They are our sisters, and we're going to do this together. Yeah, I think that's, I feel the same. Yeah. We got to do it here, though, first. Yeah, well, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're here in Miami Beach having another episode of Speak Sex. Thank you, Kathy, for coming. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you Friday.